Hello. Thank you for tuning in to the second episode of the Fantasy Football Scrows. This uh, would be the segment and the part where I talk about following us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, but uh, we don't have any of that. So, yeah. All right. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Wednesday, episode two. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Scrows podcast. I'm your host, Brian. Here with me again is uh, Taylor and Vaughn. Hello. Let's go. Uh, waivers have cleared. It is Wednesday. I hope you had good success with your waivers. In the future, we will be doing our waiver wire segment on our Monday episodes. Hopefully, this doesn't run as long as the first episode did. Uh, we're going to try to cut it down. But that being said, we have a lot to talk about. We got Monday night football reaction, news of the week, Sunday game previews. We're doing the morning segments, buy low, sell high and Thursday night football preview. So without further ado, let's get right into it. The Monday night football reaction. Philadelphia travels to Dallas, takes on the Cowboys. They lose 21-41. Dak only attempts 26 passes in this one. Uh, He's efficient regardless with 238 yards and three touchdowns. My concern, you know, with if there is a concern with Dak, is that the ceiling that was there last year might not be there anymore. The Dallas defense is greatly improved from what they were last year. And uh, it seems like Dallas, if they want to ground and pound with Zeke and Pollard, that duo, they're going to be able to do that. So they're not going to have to ask Dak to throw 400 yards every game like he was last year when their defense was atrocious. Obviously, you're starting Dak every game. That's not what I'm saying. But, you know, I think he was drafted at his absolute ceiling because of uh, last season, him being on pace to throw 7,000 yards. So just understand tamper expectations moving forward. Uh, Zeke gets 17 carries to Pollard's 11. Zeke gets all the goal line carries. He is now the it's, you know, start of the season. You're a little worried. Looks like him and Pollard are splitting time, but it's very much Zeke's backfield. He looked great. He, he, you know, Pollard still looks a little shiftier, but Zeke is the power back. He's getting the goal line carries. He looked great. Could have had easily had three touchdowns in this one. Uh, didn't quite get in on his third. It's a quiet day for CD and Cooper. I'm not worried moving forward. That was very much game script. Um, and Schultz caught two receiving touchdowns in this one. That's not going to happen every week. But with that being said, I think Schultz has uh, separated himself as a clear number one tight end to own. Uh, he has a nice, smooth 69% of the snaps Ooh, a nice. number, compared to 56% of the snaps to uh, Jarwin. Uh, seven targets for Schultz, only two for Jarwin. Um, you know, if Dallas gets into these shootout games, I think Schultz is actually a sneaky tight end play just because Dak is going to throw a lot of touchdowns in games where they are trailing or where they're having to, uh, you know, keep pace. This one a little different because they were just able to run all over Philly. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not concerned about CD and, uh, Cooper moving forward, but, uh, rough day at the office real quick on the DAC completely agree with the defense is a lot better. Micah Parsons looking good last year to begin the year. He attempted 39, 47, 57 and 58 passes. That was, that's where the 450 yards, 500 yards a game was coming from. He doesn't have to do that this year. Yeah. Uh, rough day at the office for Hertz from an NFL perspective. The reason, you know, you guys have heard me say this, I loved Hertz as an eighth, ninth round pick in four-point passing leagues this year uh, because he has a rough day from an NFL perspective. He throws two TDs, he throws two INTs, but in fantasy, he's fine. He's the QB 10 on the week. Uh, he adds 3.5 points with his legs, gets 35 rushing yards, and it that's nothing to Hertz. He can get 35 rushing yards in his sleep in a game. And in a four-point passing touchdown league, that's nearly a touchdown that he adds with his legs. You take out that 3.5 rushing yards, and he's QB 18 on the week. But with that 35 yards, he's QB 10. Um, and that's what I think you get with him. I don't know about him as a, as a clear-cut franchise QB moving forward but he's 100% going to be good for uh, fantasy all year long. Uh, so far, he's QB5 on the year. Yeah, and he was also – he was sacked two times and hit five, so his team didn't do him any favors this game either. Yeah. Goddard leads the team uh, in yards on two catches. He looks fast. He looks elusive. I have no idea why uh, Ertz is out getting more targets. I don't know why they're focusing on continuing to evolve, involve Ertz. It's been a long time coming where Goddard should – 
surpass or it says the number one tight end on this team and you know possibly a number one number two pass catcher behind you know Devonte smith but it's like i i don't understand the involvement with Ertz over goddard he goddard looks so much better uh, i'm not really confident in any eagles weapons we'll get more into that when we break uh down the sunday matchups but besides hurts um, I, I don't think you can rely on Miles Sanders. I don't think you can rely on Kenneth Gainwell. Um, and if you look at in a game where they're trailing and they're passing and uh, Ertz is attempting a bunch of passes, he spreads the ball around very evenly in this one. So I don't think there's a clear-cut wide receiver one to own. I think Devontae Smith is probably your best bet, but he's going to have his games. Rager's going to have his games. Goddard and Ertz are going to have theirs. Uh, Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell in a game where they're trailing do not get involved enough in the passing game. They each get four targets. You know, if that were one guy getting eight targets, great, but they're splitting the work perfectly down the middle. So, uh, you know, I don't like any of those guys moving forward. Anything to add before we move to the news of the week? No, that was good. All right, news of the week. Josh Gordon signs with the Chiefs, and we do not care. Who cares? Stay <laughs> off perspective. the weed. <laughs> uh Patriots running back James White suffered a subluxation of his hip. Um, not good. It did not look good. Um, they have so many running backs that are in line to replace him. Uh, the Patriots love James White. They have for a long time. But J.J. Taylor is a guy to keep in mind. He looked great in the offseason. I think the reason they signed him was to replace James White eventually. They're, they have the same exact skill set. But Bolden is the one who takes over the work in this one when James White goes down. But moving forward, I don't know if it's Bolden or if it's uh, J.J. Taylor that takes this over. Um, anything else to add on that? No. Yeah. Screw the Patriots running backs. <laughs> Ravens uh, rookie wide receiver Rashad Bateman is eligible to come off IR this week. He begins practicing. I believe the initial timeline was 68 weeks for him. So he may not even play this week or next, but uh, he's eligible to come off the IR and in John Harbaugh said he's going to start practicing. If you have an IR slot in your league, definitely worth stashing. Him and Jeff Wilson, number one IR guys to stash. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster uh, left Sunday's game with a rib injury. Seems like it's just going to be a pain tolerance thing. It's day-to-day. -day, it's bruised ribs. Uh, Matt Rule says that Christian McCaffrey is not going to be put on IR. We're hoping to get him back in three weeks. McVay hopeful Henderson is back week four um, for the Rams. A lot of rib injuries going around the NFL right now. It's uh, not good for ribs. Uh, Rob, speaking of ribs, Rob Gronkowski's rib x-ray comes back clean. So nobody has cracked ribs except to uh, just a lot of bruised ones. <laughs> um, Rob did not uh, practice today, Wednesday. He did okay. not. So. Uh, worth monitoring there. Um, you know, I would just upgrade Godwin and Mike Evans, especially with red zone targets, if Gronk is out. Um, the Colts. Running back Marlon Mack has agreed to mutually seek a trade. Um, you know, they gave the bag to Naheem Hines. They paid him big money. I think they made him one of the top paid backs in the league with, you know, also having Jonathan Taylor there. That's no surprise that Mack is going to try to move on. But, you know, he has an he's a career ender possibly with his Achilles injury. So I don't know if it's fantasy relevant, him seeking a trade. He might just take away from carries in whatever backfield he joins. Uh, Will Fuller misses practice with an injury. Same. Wait, uh, wait. Will, Fu Will Fuller has an injury? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, refer to the last podcast when I literally said that. <laughs> uh, Titans could be without Julio and A.J. Brown this coming uh, week against the Jets. Sources say that Julio is getting treatment for a leg injury. Uh, Julio's guaranteed to miss a few games every single year. It's been like that for a very long time. Uh, A.J. Brown also pretty injury prone. So Tannehill might be without his best pass catchers this coming Chester week. But we'll Rogers. get into that. Doesn't matter. We'll get into that when we uh, break down the Jets game. All right, moving to our Sunday previews. Uh, Taylor. All right. First up, we got the Browns and Vikings. Browns uh, on the road are favored by two. Over-under is 50 and a half. Breaking down the Browns, uh, Baker has been just hyper-efficient this year. His completion percentage is at, like, record pace. Um, the problem is they just run the ball too much. He doesn't have to pass. They're a good team. They get up, and they just run with their two-headed uh, monster. Not sure there's many people out there who drafted him as a QB1 anyways. Um, 
but there's nothing about this matchup that suggests you should throw him into your starting lineup. Uh, Landry's still out. Maybe once Landry and OBJ both are on the field, might have enough weapons to make him usable. Chubb must start. Don't need to say anything else. Um, Kareem Hunt, we talked about in the last pod. He, for me, is starting into flex, the flex category. In one of my leagues, I do have him and Chubb. And I'm looking at starting Hunt this week, potentially over someone like Robert Woods, who I drafted as a wide receiver two, who's supposed to be my wide receiver two, but he's struggling. So he dropped down to my flex spot and he might even get bumped out for Hunt this week. Hunt, his first three weeks has gone 15 points, five points, 24 points. So in your flex spot, you're loving two out of the three weeks, getting 15 and 24 points from a flex player. Um, It's a good matchup. The Vikings D is ranked 16 against the rush, 26 against the pass. They give up a ton of points. I think it's a good matchup for Hunt, definitely in that flex category. OBJ's first game back, he looked great last week. Um, Did not look like he was scared. He wasn't, he was cutting with all of his might. He was putting corners on skates again. He's doing his thing. He looked like a blanket for a security blanket for Baker. He threw it to him nine times. Um, the non closest, the closest non running back on that team with targets was three. So he had triple the amount of any other wide receiver or tight end. Um, I would say last week you were a little nervous putting him in your starting lineup, but this week I would have no hesitation starting OBJ. As far as tight ends, Hooper's the number 14 tight end this year. He's a backup. Keep it keep it that way this, this week. He scored a touchdown last week, but that's not going to be uh, dependable. Kirk Cousins, a surprise at the number four QB right now. Browns do have a good defense. They have also played two really bad offenses in Houston and Chicago. So we know there's a good they are a good defense, but it's a matter of how good um, Cousins... Like I said, the four quarterback right now, he's going to have to pass in this game. I think they're going to, they are going to fall behind. Um, I do worry about the Browns chewing up a ton of clock with their really long drives. The the possession numbers might be down um, for Cousins, but I like him as a play this week. As um, if you're a team that drafted a quarterback late, maybe your quarterbacks aren't performing how you like. Cousins is he's an option this week for sure. Um, Cook. Did not practice this week, but last week they were saying he might play, he might play. So I do think he plays this week. He's an automatic start, even though super tough D-line. But it doesn't matter. you got to play him. Deal and Jefferson, same thing. No insight, just play him. And Mills' favorite, Tyler Conklin. He's tied in nine right now. Um, you know, if, if you love him as much as Mills does, <laughs> go ahead, pick him off your, your waiver wire. And I don't start love him. him. I, I like him better than Gesicki, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, go ahead, pick him up and play him this week. You won't, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't need to. You know. All right, Vaughn, anything on this? Nah, yeah, I think you covered everything. Madison should be owned in every league. If the Madison owner dropped him because they think Cooks gonna play this week, Madison should be rostered in every league. I think you proved that last week. Yep. Vaughn. All right, we move into the next game. Giant Saints. All right. So Giants uh, are coming to the Superdome for the first time this season. The Saints finally get to play at home. Uh, Saints are Saints are favorited minus five with a 43 and a half under. Uh, if you guys don't remember last time, the big return to the Superdome after Katrina, the crowd was crazy and uh, they ended up blowing out, uh, I believe, the Falcons in that game. So maybe you'll get a little bit of that magic this game. So beware if you have Giants starters. Uh no on Marquez Callaway, just because he finally had a touchdown, but I wouldn't trust any receivers on the New Orleans team. He only had four catches for 41 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I believe that the Saints are the number three rushing defense in terms of yards. Uh, so Saquon might have a tough day on the rushing part. He might have to get most of his points from uh, getting uh, dump-offs from Daniel Jones. I feel like Daniel Jones is going to be forced to pass. This will be a true test for him. Uh, where he's going to probably have to do everything in this game if they're going to even be competitive, which they suck, so probably not. And uh, Ingram, he finally may get a high volume of targets if Shepard is – he's a little banged up right now. We'll see if he plays, and if he plays, 
how reliable he is. And obviously, Galladay, Galladay is not living up to his uh, contract expectations. And a fun fact for this game is Daniel Jones has only 16 less rushing yards than Kamara and two rushing touchdowns, which Kamara doesn't have any. So, fun little fact. Wow. Evan Ingram on that played 56% of snaps last week. I hope they increase his uh, snap percentage here soon. All right, moving on to Washington football team. They traveled to Atlanta, take on the Falcons. Uh, Washington football team favored by a point and a half in this one. Over-under is set at 47 and a half. Uh, Washington football team's defense, man, has been super disappointing this year. Uh, probably one of the biggest surprises um, so far into the season. They've been very poor against the pass. Um, 32nd against fantasy QBs. They've played Daniel Jones and Josh Allen, and it was Daniel Jones's like best rushing game. Uh, so that is something to consider, but they're 29th against fantasy wide receivers as well. So I'm anticipating a bounce back game for Calvin Ridley. Uh, I think that this is a good matchup for him to get back on track. You drafted him in the second round as a wide receiver one, and he hasn't lived up to expectations thus far, but hopefully he gets back on track this week. Uh, Russell Gage might be out again. Uh, so hopefully that means Pitts gets more targets and he has the opportunity for a breakout game as well. Uh, since the football team is 32nd against fantasy QBs, Matt Ryan's going to have to throw to somebody. And so hopefully Pitts and Ridley get back on track in this one. Um, McLaurin, Gibbs, and Logan Thomas, you're playing those guys. Falcons have been awful on defense as well. Uh, there's no clear number two receiver behind McLaurin with Curtis Samuel still on IR. So uh, it should be a nice game for Logan Thomas. Falcons have struggled against the tight end. I like hearing it. Yeah. Bon, anything on that one? No. Taylor. Texans on the road playing the Bills. The biggest spread of the year so far. Bills minus 16 and a half. Over under is 47 Yikes. and a half. Yeah. Not much to talk about on the Texan side. Um, Davis Mills shouldn't be rostered. Ingram, his carries are trending down. He had a nice volume week one with 26 carries. I think that probably got people a bit excited. Thought maybe he had his grasp on the job uh, last week. Uh, Philip Lindsay actually out carried him seven to six. So he's not He's not usable. He's not playable. He should be owned, but not playable. Brandon Cooks is actually the only one who is um, on the entire Texans team that should be used. He's a wide receiver six right now. He's insane. Um, sorry, real quick. I'm at a technical difficulty. <laughs> um, averaging over 10 targets a week. This team, uh, they have to throw. They get down. Uh, I'm worried about him playing against Tredavion White in this game but he is a guy who should be in most lineups. There's hard pressed to not start the number six. The Anthony Miller had a good first week off of injury last week. He's somebody to keep an eye on. Um, no relevant tight ends uh, for the Texans. Bills, Allen, auto start. The curious situation on this team is the running back situation. Moss uh, outplayed. Singletary last week, he outcarried him in the red zone. I think he had five uh, touches or opportunities within the 10 to Singletary's one. Singletary at low-end flex play for me at this point, probably still just sitting on your bench. Maybe somebody who had an injury, who had CMC without a Hubbard handcuff, you play him in your flex. Uh, Moss, I, it is tough because he was benched week one. Take the two touchdowns away in week two, and he only scores you two points. So he had a great week last week, but I want to see another another good week at him before he's a flex consideration for me. Diggs is an auto start. Beasley, he's getting huge targets. Um, a little bit down on him because Sanders did seem to play well last week, but he is Josh Allen's security blanket. I think in matchups where they fall behind, he is someone to consider. Um, but against the Texans D, I don't know if he's, he's going to be able to get just a uh, little thing to chime in on that because uh, we talked about it last week and we didn't mention this and it's worth mentioning. Uh, Sanders is getting a way higher average average depth of target uh, that Beasley is not. So in a game where the Bills are favored by 16 and a half points, I think Sanders is your boom uh, flex play. 
Beasley obviously has the really high floor, especially in PPR with the 13 targets. But Sanders is getting those uh, long throws, getting those touchdown opportunities. And, you know, this is a game where Josh Allen should throw a lot of touchdowns. So that is worth mentioning. Sanders, the high ceiling, uh, Beasley, the high floor. And then Knox is a sneaky tight end. He's the tight end six on the year. He is touchdown dependent, um, but he's somebody, if you picked him off of waivers, you can plug him in, play him. It's the tight end position. It's not really relevant. <laughs> you know my take. If I was if you on this game, here, I would definitely bet on the Texans with that spread. Yeah, maybe a little tease, add, add seven to it. Do a little plus 23 and a half. It's, Texans it's have been disrespected all year. Would not surprise me. Uh, have you seen Davis Mills' neck? I would dis- disrespect that entire team. <laughs> All right. Well, the Colts visit Miami. Uh, the Dolphins are minus two favorite. Uh, both of these teams are towards the bottom in rushing defense. So I think this is finally going to be Gaskin's breakout game. If you look at the uh, last three matchups against the Colts, you had Chris Carson, Henderson, and Derrick Henry, and they all had really good production and points. Uh, Miami has allowed two 100-yard rushers in three games, and even Devin Singletary almost had 100 yards and a touchdown, which... Goddamn. Yeah, he sucks. So hopefully uh, <laughs> hopefully Jonathan Taylor will be able to prove his worth because I'm sure people that drafted him in the first round, they're kind of getting a little frustrated. So I think now is a now or never game for him. Uh, I think you have to have Pittman in your lineup. He's had 24 targets in the last two games. He's obviously their bona fide number one wide receiver. The only thing he's missing is a touchdown. And what better team to get it against the, the Dolphins? Just They're just a bad team. Uh, I, I am a little concerned about uh, Xavier Howard shadowing Pittman in this one. Yeah, no, it'll be a good test, uh, but I mean, you just can't. I don't know how you argue with twelve targets. I don't think he's. Who did the Miami play last week? Oh goodness, uh, Miami played the Raiders. They lost an OT. Remember? He yeah, Brian Brian Edwards was shadowed by Xavier Howard, and he was kind of kept quiet until overtime. Um, so just something to yeah, just a little concern. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Raiders have a lot more weapons and targets in the Colts. So for sure. I mean, that's my point is I would be concerned about Xavier Howard shadowing Pittman and eliminating half their wide receiver targets. Uh, Xavier Howard, these nuts, what I say. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Moving on to the chiefs, uh, go to Philly, take on the Eagles. Chiefs favored, favored by seven and a half points in this one over under is set at 54 and a half. Uh, Last week, both Dallas running backs, Averaged over five and a half yards per carry against the Eagles. And quite frankly, they made it look easy. Uh, the Eagles are struggling on injuries um, with their D line. Um, so this is a get right game for CEH. He had a great uh, running game last week. He fumbled again, but he does catch the receiving touchdown. No rushing touchdowns, but he looked good. I mean, he was making cuts. He, he had quite a few good runs uh, last week. So if he could put together two solid weeks in a row against this Eagles team and take care of the football and not fumble, I think that'd be huge for uh, CEH owners. Um, but it should be a fun high-scoring game. What we thought Dallas-Philly would be. Um, the Chiefs defense, I think it's safe to say with the three-game sample size, they're a lot worse than Dallas's defense. Uh, they've played Cleveland, Ravens, and Chargers, the Chiefs had. So obviously, probably some of their numbers are skewed because of how good the Chargers, Ravens, and Cleveland defenses or offenses are. But overall, I think this should be a high-scoring game. Uh, I wouldn't be shy to start Eagles pass catchers. Uh, I think they're going to be playing from behind. They're going to have to throw uh, to get back in this one. But I would absolutely stay away from all Eagles running backs if available. We've already kind of touched on it. But in a game where the Eagles were trailing behind Dallas the entire time, they just gave up on the run. Miles Sanders had two carries last week against Dallas. Um, I expect the Eagles to get behind the Chiefs early. Um, and they're going to abandon the run when that happens. They split uh, targets with the running backs when they did get behind. So if, you know, you drafted probably Miles Sanders in the third, fourth round as your possibly your RB2, maybe your RB1, depending on if you went receiver, receiver. So you may not be able to uh, move away from him, but if you're able to, I 100% would. Um, Moss was a waiver wire 
this week, that is an example of I would start Moss over Miles Sanders this week, 100%. Uh, that Bills game is going to be very high scoring. Moss, like we already touched on, got all the goal line work. He's getting the receiving work. He might just catch a touchdown from Josh Allen. If I were able to hit the waiver wire and get Moss and start him over Sanders, I would this week. Uh, last week when they were down against Dallas, yeah, they immediately abandoned the run. So we already touched on that. Um, anything else, boys, on that one? Nope. Uh, Titans visit the Jets. Uh, the Titans are a touchdown favorite. Shocker. Uh, the Jets have allowed the third most rushing touchdowns, uh, so that's great for Derrick Henry fans or owners. And the Titans are middle-of-tier defense, but it doesn't matter. The Jets' offense sucks. Start anyone on the Titans. Start their center. doesn't matter. Uh, definitely start their defense. Uh, anyone in a Titans jersey. There's not much to say about this game. I want to trust anyone on the Jets' offense right now. I actually disagree. I don't think you start anyone in a Titans uh, jersey. Um, this is kind of a hot take, but I would be benching Tannehill this week for some waiver wire options. Reason being, um, they're without A.J. Brown and they're without Julio. Not would a you start their center? <laughs> not a huge concern when playing the uh, Jets. But when you look at the numbers, running backs against the Jets, uh, Jets are 27 out of 32 against fantasy running backs. When you look at quarterbacks, the Jets are number two against fantasy quarterbacks. Fantasy quarterbacks are not having good games against the Jets. And I think it's for this simple reason. The Jets are awful and teams get ahead and they don't need to throw the ball against them. So I think this is going to be a Derrick Henry game. I think maybe Tannehill gets you a touchdown or two in the beginning, and then it goes silent the rest of the day because they were going to jam Derrick Henry down the throat of the Jets. It's going to be a huge game for him, and they're never going to be behind in this game. And I'm worried about Tannehill because I don't think he has the ceiling in this game uh, that you're hoping for because unless the Jets come out and shock the world and get ahead of the Titans in the first half, which is in the realm of possibility, extremely low chance that happens. I'm concerned about Tannehill's ceiling this week because I just think it's going to be a Derrick Henry game. I think Derrick Henry's going to have three, four touchdowns uh, and they're not going to need Tannehill. That's uh, fair. Is, uh, Julio is still listed as questionable. He's not ruled out completely, correct? Uh, possibly, yeah. But even with Julio playing, I think the game script doesn't require them to, you know, uh, if Julio plays and he's healthy, I think you play him. I think I still think there's a chance Julio could catch a touchdown early and look great out there. But I'm just saying from, you know, the Tannehill perspective, if they get ahead by a touchdown or two, you know, maybe Tannehill gets two touchdowns, but then they just jam Derrick Henry down the throat of the Jets, and they're going to be able to do that with ease. Yep. Julio missed practice today with just a leg injury. They haven't specified any more. Um, he played last week the entire game, so there there is some questions on what it is. But yes, Derrick might run 45 times, and I also have Tannehill, and now you have made me worried that I need to go get somebody else. But I, see I already looked man. at that. I saw some guys on the waiver wire, like Burroughs on the waiver wire in the league, that you have Tannehill. Um, there was yeah, another I'm going person. Big Ben. He's, he's really good. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, oh, yeah. Don't sure, do that. Sure, 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 sure. Taylor. Next up, we have the Lions going to the Bears. The Chicago, maybe the Arlington Hyde Bears. They just bought a big plot of land that they might build a new stadium on. Uh, Bears are favored, minus three. The over-under is 42. This is my week's, uh, when I'm dubbing it, the toilet bowl. It's not going to be an enjoyable game uh, to watch, I don't think. Um, that's even being a Jared Goff owner myself. Um, he is the quarterback 14 so far. He's great in garbage time. Um, but in redraft, I don't, there's not a scenario where you really start him. Um, Swift is a must start. He's running back three on the year. He's looking insanely good this year. He's looking really fast. Um, Jamal Williams is complimenting him really well. I think it's helping him, um, with his rest and carrying his, lowering his snap total. So he's fresh. The Bears in the middle of the road against the defense or against the rush. There's, they just need to find the way to get him the ball more. He's a, he's a must-start. Hawkinson must-start. Wouldn't worry about last week. Only saw two targets. It was something weird. It was just a weird game. Darren Fells got targeted in that game. They ran a lot of two tight end sets. Uh, weird game overall. Yeah, last week's was just weird. He has seemed to be Goff's security blanket. He's his Cooper Cup. He just likes to throw it to him. Um, I think he's going to be a tight end. Five, top, top five tight end this year. 
and this matchup doesn't change anything. So he's a start. As far as the, the Bears, Dalton's still considered week to week. He, they're saying he's going to practice this week. He might play. He's Nike is adamant. He is the starter. And we talked about in the last pod. It's probably for a reason. I don't think Fields is quite ready. Um, if Fields is the starter this week, you're a psycho if you start him. So just don't even worry about it. Uh, Can't be any worse, though, right? That's true. <laughs> he can only go up. Uh, six completions. Uh, Montgomery must start. Uh, he's just an absolute savage this year. He is on a terrible offense, and that's the only thing that's holding him down, but he's a must start. A-Rob, you drafted him as a low wide receiver, one, maybe a high two. It's hard to bench him, but he hasn't had anything more than 35 yards receiving in one week. Um, so if you have guys who are outperforming him, I could see putting him on the bench this week. Um, hopefully the Bears... Their hope is to get out and get ahead of the Lions, so they shouldn't have to be throwing it a ton, especially if Fields is the one who's the quarterback. But um, did you see Maggie's comments this week? No, what? Uh, it's open competition between uh, Fields, Foles, and Dalton. Oh he's yeah, throwing he... Foles into the mix. At this point, I think he's just trolling people. Honestly, <laughs> I, I think he's just messing with the Chicago media because they were pining for Fields so hard. And he's like, okay, you want him so much? I'm even going to bring up maybe Foles is going to play, which <laughs> the way that Fields performed, Foles couldn't do any worse. Yeah, and, no, I mean, A-Rob was fantasy relevant last year, and that was with Foles for half the year. So, or maybe even more than half the year. He's so, never had a good quarterback going back no. to his Jacksonville days. I feel so bad for him. but So it's hard to put, put him on the bench, but like I said, Three weeks, he hasn't gotten more than 35 just, yards receiving. Disrespected Blake Bortles like that, but it's fine. I guess we'll move on. Free agent Blake Bortles. Um, Great fantasy quarterback. That's all we care about. <laughs> Darnell Mooney. Uh, he, I drafted him in one of my leagues. He's a drop candidate for me. That There's guys out on the, the waiver wire that are more appealing to you, that you have a need in one of the other positions. You maybe need to pick up another quarterback, or you have an injury in some some spot. Mooney's a drop candidate for me. He had a ton of hype, but without that relevant passing quarterback, I I just don't think he's a starter. Yeah, so. I completely agree. I mean, I, I love Mooney. I took him in a dynasty startup this year. I still, you know, I still would be holding and onto him in dynasty. Uh, but in redraft, he is droppable. I mean, if A Rob can't get it done, there's no hope for a wide receiver two to get it done uh, ahead of A Rob. So until that quarterback situation is figured out, and uh, I think there's going to be a lot of turnover, there's going to be a lot of change, and that's never good for fantasy. So I agree. I think after this week, the Lions will no longer be the best undefeated team. I think they get their first W for sure. Un unwinning team? Yes. Undefeated <laughs> team, I meant to say. Defeated. The the best defeated team. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Moving on to the Panthers at the Cowboys. Cowboys favored four and a half points in this one. Over under is set at 50 and a half. I'm really excited about this one. This is our last morning game. We'll break down. Um, it's the biggest test by far. For the Panthers, uh, they're ranked first in defense uh, in the NFL, but the opponents they've played so far, the Jets, the Texans and the Saints, uh, they they've faced the Saints in Winston's second game where he threw two interceptions and reared his ugly head again. The Jameis we all knew for a long time. Um, so. Dallas is their biggest challenge yet. Um, their first round rookie pick this year, J.C. Horn, absolute stud at cornerback. He broke his foot. Uh, he's out. Uh, they're without McCaffrey as well. Um, so, you know, they do have a good um, D-line. They have a young D-line, but they, the Panthers have a young defense in general. But it would not surprise me if Dallas did exactly what they did against Tampa Bay. Uh, week one, and they come out and they just decide to throw the ball 50 times because they can take advantage of a backup cornerback. They can take advantage of a young secondary, um, and Dallas is capable of doing that. They proved that against Tampa. Um, I think Schultz is a good spot start, like we've already talked about at tight end. If you need one, this should be a higher scoring game. Um, obviously, you're starting the Dallas pieces, but the Pollard flex consideration has been something you know a lot of analysts have been talking about the last few weeks. I think based on last week's performance, um, it's Zeke's backfield. I would stay away from the Pollard flex, um, especially in this one where they might be throwing the ball. Um, you know, they could come out and run and it could be pretty a balanced offensive attack. But um, I would just stay away from Pollard until he proves something more because uh, Zeke definitely took back over the backfield last week. Um, CMC with CMC out of the lineup. 
Um, Dan Arnold got traded, their uh, starting tight end. They brought him in as a pass catcher. I would hold on to Robbie Anderson because of those things. Um, a lot of people have been talking about Robbie Anderson as a drop candidate. He's been one of the biggest busts in fantasy thus far this season. But uh, if you look at what he did last year, right? CMC gets injured early on in the season. That's 150 targets season long. That's just taken out of the offense. And like we saw with Mike Davis, he did not inherit the full CMC workload. He didn't inherit all those targets. He inherited like a third of them. Um, and so I think it's no different for Chuba Hubbard. I don't, or Chuba Hubbard. I don't think he comes in and takes on the full CMC workload. So those targets that were going to CMC and those targets that, you know, a few to Dan Arnold, I think they uh, get spread around to Robbie Anderson. And I think this is a game where they're going to have to throw. They're going to have to keep pace with the Cowboys. They're going to have to throw the football. They're not going to be able to rely on, you know, their running game without CMC. So I think this is going to be the biggest target share that Robbie Anderson has seen thus far this year. And this comes in a game where uh, Diggs is the only good cornerback on the Cowboys. Uh, he should be on DJ Moore. They've uh, used Diggs to cover uh, their best team's receiver the last few games. So this should open things up for Robbie Anderson and maybe Terrace Marshall. I don't think you're playing Terrace Marshall in um, redraft, but uh, you know, hopefully Robbie Anderson gets some good targets in a game that should be uh, high scoring. Tommy Tremble is a guy worth monitoring uh, in Dynasty. He was their uh, rookie drafting a third round out of Notre Dame. That's tight end you, baby, you know, that great tight ends, Dallas Goddard coming out of there, uh, Tyler Eifert in the past, um, Cole Kmet. So he, they give him a goal line carry resulted in a touchdown last week. So it's a great sign for Dynasty that they're confident enough in their tight end depth to ship out Aaron uh, Dan Arnold after paying him uh, to come in. And then being 3-0, and they're missing a key player on offense. They're definitely a playoff team. And they're confident to ship out Dan Arnold when they're trying to make playoff a run and uh, roll with Tommy Tremble. So I think if you have him in Dynasty, you're very excited about that. I think this is a true test for Dan Arnold because when CMC went out, there was a significant drop in the offensive production for the rest of that game. And uh, this is a good Dallas Cowboys team. So this will be a good test for Darnold. I'm sorry, not Dan Arnold. <laughs> Sam you had me Darnold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. Yeah, for sure. Uh I like there's a guy, that's who it was, Taylor. I like Sam Darnold over um and he's available on the waiver wire in the league that you have Tannehill. I like Darnold this week, uh, over Tannehill because I think the Panthers are gonna have to throw the football to keep pace with the Dallas Cowboys. Um and uh, just game script wise, I, I like um him this week. Uh, let's go right into that on CMC discussion, our buy low, sell high segment. Um, CMC this week was the most traded player on Yahoo Fantasy Sports. Um, you know, when you look at this, he's CMC. He's the best player in fantasy football. Um, but people that start 0-3, people that start 1-2 and 2, um, might be shipping him out. What's your guys' opinion on, if, uh, on trading for or holding on CMC? Uh, it depends if you have uh, his handcuff or another viable running back. He's just the workload he gets. It just it's so scary because he's been getting in. He's super injury prone. It seems the last two years. Yeah, that's something that me and you have talked about off camera, right? Or off audio? Excuse me. We're not showing our ugly mugs. Uh, off audio is um. You know, as a dynasty owner of CMC, I am a little concerned. If you look at his injuries the last two years, the beginning of last year, um, all of them seem to be workhorse related, right? I mean, cramping this 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 uh, year, he has cramping in one game. That comes from overexerting the muscle. Uh, then he has a hammy pull. He's, uh, I think he pulled a quad last year. Um, it's just all lower body injuries that seem to become from overuse. And that game where he got injured last week, he had 15 first half carries and I think five or six targets. It's just insane the amount of uh, touches they're giving him, you know, and between the pass game, between the, the carries, part of me wonders, you know, he is, he is the fantasy God that he is, but I, I I'm afraid that he might be the next Todd Gurley with how, uh, Carolina just runs him into the ground. He's a yeah, little bit different runner 
than than that. But yeah, some are saying, is he too fast for his own body? You know, it's it's a concern. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, he needs that. A lot of these guys like him, they need that one-two punch. They need that big uh, running back that runs between the tackles and save him a little more uh, abuse on his body. Let him do the outside work, catch the passes, and and run outside. He could do anything, but in order to preserve him his longevity, I think you should have a a smash element to that offense. So we got a little off track. That's us discussing from a dynasty perspective. So in redraft, are you sending out trades to try to buy low on CMC, even if you don't own Chuba? Uh, or do you think he comes back and could win you the league this year? If I'm an owner of him, I'm keeping him. You drafted him number one overall. His value, I don't think, is that much less just because he has a slight strain in his hamstring. If it was, you know, something out four, six, eight weeks, they didn't even put him on IR. And he's a walking 20 points guaranteed every week. There's mm-hmm. not any running backs out there that you could say that. Aaron Jones, someone like that, he can put up 30, 40. He can also have a five game. CMC does not do that. Um, so I'm not trading him if I own him. And then if he's. If I'm in a situation where I need a running back, yeah, maybe I could try and buy him. Maybe I'm extra at wide receiver. I'll, I'll throw out a trade. Maybe somebody doesn't have that opinion of me, and they are worried about his health. Um, do you think it's a must to try to go get Chuba if you're a CMC owner? Yes. It's Fair. because you pro- you probably went wide receiver in that, that second round, or you went Waller, so you probably don't have three usable running backs. I think if you CMC going down, it's it's kind of a season killer just because it's your your pick one and then you're 24, 25. Yeah, I think wait it, another time. It's completely league dependent. So like the league I have CMC in, uh, and I don't have the handcuff because Vaughn has the handcuff because he's a dick and took him uh, reach for him in our draft, right? So in that league, Vaughn has Chuba. I don't. Well, Twelfth round. No somehow problem. Joe Mixon <laughs> fell to me. Uh, 12-12. So I have Joe Mixon. I have Damian Harris. I have Elijah Mitchell. Um, so I'm confident at running back in that league. I'm not making any trades for Chuba, who I don't think inherits the full CMC workload. And I think CMC comes back. So I'm not going to shoot my team in the foot with the running back situation I personally have in that league. So I think it's league dependent. Uh, but there are some teams, I bet you, out there that are one in three, and they need Chuba because CMC is out, and they need to sell an asset to get that reliable running back. Um, so I think it's dependent. Moving on to Cousins. Uh, what do you guys think about Cousins? So this year he was drafted as a backup QB or even on the waiver wire in a lot of leagues. Um, but so far this year, who said it earlier? What is his rank on the year? Four. He's so here, here's four. the deal. I hate Kirk Cousins as an NFL quarterback. <laughs> but in fantasy, like the the numbers don't lie. So right now he's number four in touchdowns with eight. He's the only quarterback with uh, a high number of touchdowns with no interceptions, 900 yards and 118 rating. And he's throwing the ball downfield. He averages 10 yards and I hate on him, but uh, last year, 4,000 yards, 35 touchdowns, 13 interceptions the year before 3,600 yards, 26 touchdowns, six interceptions. And then the year before that 4,200 yards, 30 and 10. So he's throwing touchdowns. And he's not throwing a whole lot of picks. I don't see it. I don't see these numbers when I watch him. He looks terrible to me, but the numbers you, don't lie. <laughs> did you guys see that play against Seattle where his shoe is like not on all the way and he's in the shotgun trying to hike the ball? And so he just he checks it. his shoe off. He literally just kicks it off, throws it, and then hikes the ball and plays the play without the shoe. <laughs> yeah, he's good in adversity. He's, he's a good quarterback. I don't know so I, I keep him. I mean, in, I don't think any. Uh, any in a especially in a 10 12 uh person league they're not gonna i don't think they're gonna want kirk cousins over who they have just because yeah, of history but uh he's he's willing and dylan right now you so, gotta gotta keep him moving forward my view on it is right when we outlined that he was a waiver wire ad or he's your backup qb i think you wait for a qb injury it's gonna happen i mean we don't wish for it but it happens every year there's gonna be another qb injury uh, one of them's going to go down and a team's going to be in a pinch. And I think you wait until that happens and you pair maybe a posi- positional uh, player with Cousins to go get an upgrade uh, yourself, right? I mean, you could go shop Amari Cooper if a QB goes down this coming week. You could pair Cousins and a Marvin Jones and try to get Amari Cooper. Something like that where you package him to a QB needy team 
Uh, so I would be holding on him. And in a super flex format, he's your QB2, and you're extremely happy with him as your QB2 being QB4 in the year. So I agree. He's a hold for me. But uh, if a QB injury uh, occurs at all this coming week or the next few weeks, I think you package him and you get a positional upgrade for yourself. That's exactly what I was going to say. I'd hate you. <laughs> well, I have it written right here on our notes. So I yeah, came up with say what I wrote. Um, <laughs> Ridley, next guy we want to talk about. Um, so far, his finishes each week, 10 points, week one, 19 fantasy points, week two, 14, week three. And that's in a half point format. Um, you know, his targets are there every week. It's been week one's eight targets, week two, it's 10, week three, it's 11 targets. Uh, the biggest question mark is, does this offense figure it out? Um, Jesus. Oh, they have to. Out. They, have a, they have a ton of first round picks. They have to, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, and, or does this offense disappoint all year and you invested a second round pick in Ridley and he doesn't return at that ADP? So what do you guys think? Are you going to try to make an offer for Ridley thinking he bounces back? This offense figures it out or is he just somebody you're staying away from? All I heard all off season, <clears throat> Brian, was that Ridley is better without Julio. Yes. That is factually are we, correct. Are we sure? I So here would be my thing. Uh, I just think the Falcons offense was better last year. And if you look at games where Julio has missed, Calvin Ridley stepped into that wide receiver one role and looked awesome and scored more fantasy points on average in games that Julio wasn't there. I think this year, him being you know, disappointing thus far doesn't have anything to do with Julio Jones. Uh, or this offense. I think this offense is just bad. Um, and for whatever reason that be, I guess the easy analysis is, well, Julio's gone, so this offense is just bad. Well, that's not necessarily true. I mean, there's a lot that goes into an offense in the NFL level. So I think a result of Ridley being disappointing this year is a result of, I mean, Kyle Pitts has been disappointing too, right? Every metric uh, had Kyle Pitts shoot up on draft boards. When Julio got traded, everybody was like, oh my God, Kyle Pitts is going to be a target monster because Julio's gone. He's going to be the second most targets on this team. But Kyle Pitts has been disappointing. And that doesn't have anything to do with Julio. Uh, if Julio's gone, that only helps Kyle Pitts with getting targets. So if you're going to use that logic to say Ridley's been disappointing because of Julio, you know, it doesn't apply to Pitts. And I think it's just because of the offense. I, I don't know. At least last year, Julio may not have been on the field. He was on the sidelines. His, his presence, his aura was still there. And I just don't think the DBs are feeling it this year. I think they're just focusing on Ridley and they've got nobody else. Uh, to keep in mind for Ridley, for Ridley owners for the end of the season, especially if you're making playoffs, like he's playing uh, week 11, New England, Jacksonville, Tampa Bay, Carolina, San Francisco. So he's got a tough schedule at the end of the year. Just a heads up. Well, Tampa Bay is not a tough one. I do not know what's going on with Tampa Bay. They cannot defend the pass. Uh, well, when they're up by, I don't know. I think they're just such a bad team that Tampa's going to be up on them. And yeah, he and might get garbage time. Yeah, my, dude, Tampa this year to me is the new Dallas. They are an offense that's high octane. They have the best receiving core in the NFL. And their DBs and their secondary cannot stop anybody they're they are going to be in so many shootouts and high scoring games this year i love the tampa assets i love mike evans i love godwin i would still trade for them if anyone's dumb enough to let them go because they have no pass rush they have vita vea 350 pound vita vea on their d-line as their pass rusher i mean he couldn't get to a qb unless you taped a twinkie to the end of his helmet like i and dominican sue is their other pass rusher they have no pass rusher unless they want to blitz their linebackers who they need in coverage like the uh, dallas exposed them week one and thus far Every other team has followed that. I mean, look at this Rams game. Every Rams receiver was open within 10 yards. They bring in Richard Sherman. Do you think that's going to solve their secondary? No, I all really random. don't. I think that Tampa is going to be a fantasy machine all year because that secondary is just so atrocious. The cat's out of the bag. Teams are going to throw against them. Brady's going to have to go blow for blow with these opposing teams that are just going to throw on them. I mean, it, congratulations, Tampa. You have the best front seven in football. They're fat. They're slow. They're run stuffers. Great. Everybody's just going to throw on you. You, you. you can't play defense in the NFL le level with one out well, of three I, I would argue needed. people got to keep pace with Brady. 
Yes, agreed. But also, there that secondary is just so awful. I don't know. Richard Sherman couldn't even outrun the cops here in Seattle, so I don't. <laughs> I don't think he's catching any wide receivers. No, I don't. He's a locker room guy and uh, a locker room guy with severe mental health issues uh, who just had a run in with police. So I don't know what kind of locker room he morale he's adding. Um, anyway, uh, moving on, let's just get Amari Cooper. He was on our buy low. Obviously, if somebody is going to let Amari Cooper go, you go and target him. He had a, hurt his ribs week two. Week three, it was a running game script. We talked about that. They ran the shit out of the football against the Eagles. He had a 40-point week one game, uh, and then week two and three have been very disappointing. If you can get Amari Cooper on the low because the owner has disappointed him, you go do it. Um, Thursday night football preview. Taylor, you want to lead the way on this one? Yeah, Bengals on the road going to Jacksonville. Uh, Bengals are favored by seven and a half over under is 46. I think the spread plays more to the Jaguars are so bad as opposed to people believe in the Bengals. Uh, the Bengals. Joe Burrow is an interesting candidate on the Bengals side for me. He was drafted low, low quarterback one, maybe a good backup. People went out and got him a little bit early. He's only owned in 70% of ESPN leagues. It's a little odd to me, but he averages about 200 yards a game. I, he's just not getting there for the yardage to be super usable. Jaguars are a team that you can score points against. Um, so he's the consideration. Just, he's all situation dependent. Whoever that second quarterback is of yours that you have on the team. Um, he's he's a mixed bag for me. It's all dependent. Mixon's a must start. He's having a great season. Jamar Chase, um, like we said on the last episode, you drafted him probably as a wide receiver three. His efficiency is not sustainable from what he's done so far, but he needs to be in your flex. If you can get 20 points out of your flex, you're you're a happy camper. Um, T. Higgins just officially got ruled out for this week, so that helps for the Jamar Chase. Boyd is a risky flex play. He's probably just sitting on your bench, especially if the, the Bengals are going to go up uh, early in this game and, and sustain that against the Jack, uh, Jaguars. Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence... He's QB 29 in the season until he can stop throwing interceptions. He should not be in your starting lineup. Uh, Robinson owners are super happy with how last week went. He restored some confidence for sure. Uh, Urban has seemed to warm up to him. I think at first he kind of looked at him as this is not my guy. This is some undrafted free agent that they just had to use last year. So I th it does seem like he is warming up to him because Hyde is not a running back for that team. He's, if they're trying to win games, which I don't even know if they're trying to win games. Um, so Robinson's a, definitely a running back. He should be a, probably your running back too this week. Marvin Jones, the only usable person uh, catching the ball on that team, and that's just due to his target volume. I would start him with confidence. They're going to have to throw uh, in this game since he is uh, top 10 against the pass and 15 against the run, which is actually kind of surprising. Uh, but I think you, just pure volume, you still have to. Um and a side note with the Cincy defense, they are a good streaming option defense for this week. They're only rostered in 41% of leagues. They were a waiver wire pickup for a lot of people out there. Lawrence, like I've said, can't stop throwing picks and making bad decisions. Yeah, he's, he's thrown pick six. Yeah. seven he's had interceptions in three games. There's a high chance at the Bengals taking a, getting a defensive score this week for sure. That's why I love them as well. Yep. And they, they did just trade away one of their corners. Um, we mentioned with the the Dan Arnold trade, mm -hmm. Panthers needed a corner, so they did Trey Henderson away, who was, I think, drafted ninth overall um, out of Florida. So they do lose another person on defense, but I, I still um, – that only helps the Bengals out here of Burrow throwing. All righty. That finishes our Thursday night football preview. And the last thing we had for the episode, you guys got anything before we say goodbye to Mike? No, thanks, Mike, for sticking around for episode two. After episode one, you know we're still working out the kinks. We appreciate the love. Hey, we do have thirty plays on Spotify, so we're getting Get into. Here. I swear to God, how many times have you played it? <laughs> uh, twice or once or something. I don't know. Played uh, while you slept last night. <laughs> no, we have thirty plays on Spotify, so we could be getting into stranger territory. If you've never met us, Brian, I'm Brian Taylor Vaughn. Thanks for listening, uh, and we'll see you next time. See you, Scrows.